The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, and today we have our friend Brady Quinn, quarterback extraordinaire. While you're here, give us a like and comment or subscribe to the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio only, download, follow, and as always, tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Before we get into it today, this weekend, CBS heads to a major tournament when the world's best golfers Golfers descend on the legendary Oak Hill Country Club with the winner taking home the coveted Wanamaker Trophy at the PGA Championship. Live coverage on Saturday and Sunday begins at 1 p.m. Eastern, the PGA Championship this weekend on CBS. Fellas, while on that subject, I don't know if you saw the press conference with Rory McIlroy when he said, if, if I never win another tournament again, I will be satisfied with my career or something to that note. How do you lying. feel about that? Yeah. He's lying. He wants the career grand slam. He doesn't have the he doesn't have a win at Augusta. He doesn't have a win at the Masters. He's not guaranteed membership at Augusta as a result. Um, you know, he's he's I, I don't know how they do that technically. Like, let's say you're one of the best golfers to ever play the game of golf, and you don't win a masters, but you win the three other majors. He's going for the Grand Slam, yeah, yeah. And, like, would you be invited to join Augusta? Because I feel like they'd be like, listen, Rory, ah, we'd love to invite he's, you, but, you know. He's been a pretty big ambassador for golf. I mean, I, that, he's yeah. really picked up where Tiger's left off. Oh, sure. Especially through this whole wave towards the Live Tour. Did you see the, <laughs> did you see the picture of him and Jay Moynihan walking? And then it's just like, it's him and Jay Moynihan walking, and they're both like, they're both taking the exact timing of their steps. And they're like grinning so heavily, like, oh my God, Jay, it's so great to be with you. Like, oh, I love you, Jay Tour. And then behind them is like Colin Morikawa, and he's holding this 
Uh, he's like got a one. Um, but he's got one button down. He looks great. He's holding like a vodka soda in his right hand, and he's talking to Phil, who's dressed like Tommy Lee Jones in Men of Black, with these big ass sunglasses on, holding this goblet of like Pinot Noir, and wearing just some like <laughs> Blues Brothers suit. It feels just like Phil looks like he's yelling about cryptocurrency or something. It's a very weird picture. All right, can I go off script a little bit? Is that okay, nice. Katie? If I if I just transition to something else, because this is like hit something in my brain that I did want to talk to you guys about only because pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Um, so obviously the live tour, whether PJ tour traditionalists want to be honest about it or not, or acknowledge it or not, it has been good for the PJ tour players. All right. In many different facets and ways, which led me to think, okay, like this whole talk of potential, a draft lottery for the NFL, like would that potentially be better um, for all parties involved. And I think if you look at how the NFL draft has continually grown and the hype that's surrounding it, I think it's two schools of thought. Like either you don't touch it because you can't get, make it much better than what it is. Well, or you're saying like, hey, how can we tap into this thing more? All right, what about draft lottery special? And now all of a sudden we've got, you know, this this one you know night where we've got a bunch of different stars who are potentially, you know, old Hall of Fame players at those teams that are in the mix for the number one overall pick. And you're hyping it up even more. But I do feel like that'd be like taking a page out of the NBA or NHL playbook. And I do think the safeguards are this. Like right now, you probably only have a couple of teams when they get towards the end of the season who you could say are tanking because – Well, right. But they're in that position right, where they can potentially get the for sure number one overall pick. If you get a lottery system, that's like the final 10 teams for top 10 are like, hey – Let's just let's just roll anyone out there that's capable and let's just try to tank for this thing to see if we can't you know improve our odds of getting number one overall pick. So I know it wasn't part of the rundown. I apologize, Billy, sorry, Katie and Will. No, but I, I do think, think it's necessary either to just, you know, burn this, th- you know, like just completely get rid of this idea and shoot it down, or maybe there's some legs here. Well, I would say uh, a couple of things, and you know that I'm prone to saying that a lot and then saying like one thing that has you know, several different tangents related to it, but uh, credit to uh, Albert Breer for mentioning this. And like I, you sort of something you said, Brady really jarred it loose in my brain. We're like, dude, the NFL is not going to do this. If it looks like they're following the NBA's lead to generate attention. Like they won't do that. They Roger, they have too much. They have too much pride. They understand that they're absolutely uh, I don't know. Can I, I don't know if I'm using this word correctly. They're about to, they're about to take Christmas from. They're about to. Uh, I was going to use they're the Grinch. Just say it. Roger Goodell's the Grinch. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right, right, right. We've that on this show. He's yeah. taking advantage. We have, but he's taking advantage of Adam Silver, who's a nice guy. They're cucking he's- Christmas from the NBA. Is what they're doing. That's what I was trying to say. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. Can't be the worst thing I say today. Uh, anyway, like I do think that. <laughs> I do think, though, that as Albert Rear pointed out, this might be the year where we could see the NFL say, ah, it appears these teams are bombing their seasons in order to get Drake May and Caleb Williams, which is what the Colts did, by the way. You played them at the end of the year, right, Brady, in 2011 when they when they landed, or 2012 when they landed? Huh? Well, that was 2012, yeah. so luck was already there. 
No, a really bad yeah. Chiefs team. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm just telling you, we, unless I, we, we, you mean when I was at uh, Denver the year before, but in Kansas City when we played them, it was with Andrew Luck. All I'm saying is I remember – maybe actually when you – I remember being forced to watch Tyler Thigpen and Curtis Painter square off against each other. I just assumed you'd been pinched for Thigpen at that point. They were running the pistol. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. No, I was not a part of that team. Yeah, you, would have been, yeah, yeah. you would have been You would have been hurt if that would have been the case. Yeah. Remember, remember they did – They bu- actually, you're right because – Todd Haley was ran the. Oh, the hey, hold on, let's say I'm, I'm right. Okay, yeah, thank okay. you. I, I I was making up the bitches. <laughs> anyway, this the NFL loves to play faux morale, the faux morality police. And what yes. would be better than to claim that now suddenly teams are tanking and it's time to institute a lottery because an NFL draft lottery would do insane ratings, oh. like. Like better than uh, the draft, the first night ratings because no you would way. have, dude. I don't know. Let's say you've got a let's say you've got a draft where Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick, and there are. Are you going to do Look all non markets in the mix though for it, right? And, and by the way, here's my only other thing that I point out why it probably wouldn't work is the NFL schedule makers have already tried to circumvent this by placing divisional games in Week 18. So if you look at it that way too, like there could be some potential stuff on the line where you really can't afford to lose that game at times in order to prove your draft position. But again, look, we've seen coaches before who have no problem laying it all on the line and going up against the organization's best interest and winning winning a game to not get the number one overall pick. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith may have cost the Texans, not just Bryce Young, but next year's number one pick if the Texans are terrible and they end up giving it to Arizona. Um, Like Tankathon, I think, has it. I mean, hashtag legend. He should never have to ever buy a drink in Chicago ever again, ever. Or or, or Charlotte. <laughs> you want, I mean, if Bryce Young's good uh, at any rate. Yeah. Like I just think that if, depending on how many teams you got involved, right. So you have 14 playoff teams. Would you put 17 teams in the lottery? I think that would be. No, 10. Yeah. No. 10. Right. But yeah. now, and now that gets tricky too, where it's like, you got to do the breakers. math. You got to do the math. All right. We're going to have some teams with the same record. How are we going to handle that, Will? Then you go to head to head. You do the seven other things that the NFL always uses for tiebreakers. So I'm sure we could do that. Or, hey, how about the old fashioned way? We find an unweighted coin. And just like we do to, to start a game, we just flip it. And we have those two but, teams pick the heads or tails. But I'm saying that all the different tiebreakers and all of that would actually be beneficial for the NFL because you would essentially eliminate a bunch of teams in week 18 from like, if you, if you're at a six way tie for the 10th spot to get in the lottery, you're not figuring that out on the fly. Like looking at the scoreboard and running the streak, the schedule. I mean, maybe somebody will do the analytics for it where it's like, uh, Sean, we need to give up 14 points in the fourth quarter and have the, you know, have the, the Cardinals score 17. Like there's just too much going on. So I actually love the idea. You would, you would prevent the teams at the very bottom, and obviously Lovey Smith, the, the oppo of that, but you would prevent those teams from doing the stuff you don't want them to do because there's no real benefit unless you just heavily weight the you know the, the worst record. And then you would make it too convoluted for those teams to, to figure it out, and fans would go bananas. Can you imagine if the Jets or the Giants or the Cowboys landed – the number one overall pick in a, in like a Trevor Lawrence style draft, you would have Roger Goodell frozen envelope, like conspiracy theories painted all over Reddit. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, obviously 
part of the reason why I bring that up is because the 2024 draft does have a guy like Caleb Williams who teams are probably going to tank for. Um, maybe even Drake May to some degree. I'm sure there's some other quarterbacks who are going to be part of the mix. You know, I think Joe Milton at Tennessee is probably that guy who could fly up you know, draft boards because of his his size, his skill set, you know, that the arm strength, the athleticism, all the things, kind of like Anthony Richardson. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have some of those those guys that create waves, but because Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick, I think there's a lot of teams that are, would be putting themselves in that position, but currently probably would be saying, hey, let's just try to get the number one pick to take Caleb Williams. We'll turn this whole thing around. I, I, I'm still a believer, whether you believe it or not, that it's going to be Washington that does that because he is from the D.C. area. It would make a lot of sense. You got a new ownership group, I think, unless <laughs> this whole thing falls through. I think we're good. I think we're good. I, think I we're don't good. know. There's a, apparently it took on more debt than they were supposed to, and they've got a lot of minority owners involved that people are like, wait a second. We don't usually are used to having this big of an ownership group. And I think I think they I think they I think they kind of got cleared through the next hurdle recently in the last few days. But look, if they, if they don't pull it off, Brian Davis is in the wings. He's fine. He'll pick up, he'll pick yeah. up the tab. Or the Canadian guy with the incredibly long last name, the Apollopolis. Yep. All right. Let's uh, keep this moving here, fellas. All right. Alex Smith had some strong opinions regarding whether a defensive head coach is able to develop a young quarterback. I'm going to paraphrase this. He said, there's a different mentality from my career when you play for an offensive head coach that wants you to light up the scoreboard and outscore the opponent, whereas a defensive head coach really just says, hey, don't screw it up. Don't turn the ball over. So, Brady, what is the difference between an offensive and a defensive head coach for a quarterback? Oh, you're on mute. You're muted. I'm sorry. I can't wait to see how Billy's going to clip this and then post it on social media to then see the type <laughs> of reactions we're going to get because he's going to take the most viral thing that I say right now and he's going to be able to throw it out there in the ether. Um, so there's without a doubt a big difference, in my opinion, in the manner in which a head coach who's an offensive-minded coach versus a, a head coach who's a defensive-minded head coach for a lot of the reasons that Alex Smith laid out. I think conservative play, uh, but I think more so than that, I would just say big picture. I think a lot of offensive-minded head coaches look at the quarterback position and they understand the perspective of really what's going on. And, and I was once told this by one of the all-time greats, uh, Mike Holmgren. And is that, you know, he talked about his time in Green Bay with Brett Favre and, and initially maybe going through a, a period of time where it wasn't going so hot, uh, but them having this galvanizing moment where he kind of put his arm around him and said, look, one day it's either going to be you and me standing next to the dumpsters or you and me holding up a Lombardi together. And it just so happened to be it. Everything worked out. Favre's a Hall of Famer. Mike Holmgren's holding up his, his Lombardi trophy with him. And I think that's an example of the type of partnership that you have when you've got an offensive-minded head coach with a quarterback, <clears throat> I think the defensive-minded head coach tends to look at look at it not so much a, as a partnership, uh, but maybe like an arm's length kind of a, agreement, and and they almost look at each other as like you're you're both jockeying for that same spot because you know if things don't work out, one of the two of you is going to move on, and usually the defensive head coach makes the change at quarterback. So I'll just look at last year, for example. If you look at a lot of the offensive-minded head coaches that got clipped, Cliff Kingsbury, all right? Some could say, like, hey, it, it was ultimately on him, Kyler Murray and them, that it worked for a while, then not. He gets clipped. You kind of go on down the line of, of the head coach that's an offensive-minded head coach and a quarterback versus a de defensive-minded head coach and a quarterback. It's usually a quarterback change that happens first with defensive-minded head coach, and it's the head coach getting fired if it's an offensive-minded head coach because he's going to give that quarterback – the benefit of the doubt. He's going to give that quarterback a, a little longer leash, if you will, 
to take chances or make mistakes or mature into the position. And, and I just think that's the reality of, you know, offensive kind of perspective as, as far as how they view the quarterback and him really being the, the face of the team, the face of the franchise and all what comes with that, where I think a defensive minded head coach is thinking to himself, you know, defense wins championships. Uh, I just need my guy not to screw things up. And so I'd rather run the ball, play a little more conservatively. And, and usually if things aren't going well and he is making mistakes, you're like, nope, I'm not waiting for this guy to grow. I'm going to go in and put him on the bench. I need someone to get in here and just execute the offense good enough so we don't have to worry about putting our defense in a bad spot or having to win in a shootout. And look, I'm not saying that it hasn't been successful defense-minded head coaches. Obviously, Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time, working with Tom Brady. But even then, you could tell like there was some times where clearly those two didn't get along necessarily because I think Tom looked at his like, hey, man, I've got more equity built up here. You know, we don't have to have that sort of relationship. Like, it, we're always going to be tied together forever. They break up. Tom goes to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl, kind of proves his point. Um, but that's how I've seen it. And again, I'm not saying that defensive-minded head coaches can't be successful or they can't develop a quarterback. Like, I look at Brandon Staley, for example, in L.A. Well, he's got a quarterback background. Def I'm just saying defensive-minded head coach, right, as far as his coaching career, but he's got the perspective of more of an offensive-minded head coach. That's why he's aggressive. That's why he applies the analytics and going forward on fourth down and giving Justin Herbert a chance. So there's examples of that, but I think it's it's seldom sometimes that you see a defensive-minded head coach that has the perspective that's going to be able to sit there and say, I am willing to you know put my job on the line before the quarterback to let him develop, to let him grow, to see what we've got in this young man. I think a lot of times, too, with the defensive-minded head coaches, and the one thing that stood out to me, which I mean, I think you're right on all of it, Brady, but the, the part about like, all right, Let's a lot of times defensive minded head coaches, particularly the older ones, prefer to have the quarterback not screw it up as opposed to letting the quarterback drive the offense and, and drive the team. And I, you know, I think you can kind of, you know, run through, run through like you know, the franchises to a little bit. I mean, like I don't the, the Bills, right? Sean McDermott, defensive minded head coach, but he understood like he brought in Brian Dable and he and he trusted Brian Dable, enabled Brian Dable, and now Ken Dorsey to run this offense that we thought you know would, would help elevate Josh Allen. So there's like that's a case of a defensive minded head coach who is um who is like who is willing to embrace both sides of the ball. On the other hand, you have a guy like a John Fox type, and I don't mean to pick on John Fox, but an older defensive-minded head coach. I think Ron Rivera, you could, whose hat you could throw in the ring as well. Pete Carroll, even like yeah. Pete Carroll's had you know good quarterbacks. Russell Wilson was on a Hall of Fame track and was never received MVP, MVP vote, but was a viable candidate. Pete Carroll doesn't want to let Russ cook. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? And <laughs> you know, you you just you can kind of go through the teams and you can sort of look at okay, what well, is Look at the most stark contrast, like Brian Flores, because you kind of said an older defensive minded head coach, right? But like, look at Flores and how he handled things with Tua. It was like, all right, two minute drive, let's put in Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like, well, hold on, dude. Like, at some point, we've got to see whether or not yeah. he's capable of doing this, right? Right. And, and so he moves on. Mike McDaniel takes over. Boom. It's like, look at the confidence. Look at how he's playing. Look at how he handled things. And and I just think you tend to see that more often with an offensive-minded head coach, even, even Kevin O'Connell and how he's handled things with Kirk Cousins yeah. in Minnesota, um, you just tend to see that more often with an offensive-minded head coach than a defensive-minded head coach. And, and the other thing, too, is that a lot of times an offensive-minded head coach is going to cater his offense to the skill set and the and the variable 
abilities yeah. of that quarterback more more often than a defensive-minded head coach is going to be. When a defensive-minded head coach does that, it's typically, again, because they're empowering a smart hire at the offensive coordinator position and then saying, you you know, you do the work on the offensive side of the ball. So I I, like, I, I don't know. I think ultimately it's probably a, like a lot of things in life where there's you know, there's this side and there's this side right. and they like I, to argue about it. But the, down the middle is where you want to live, where you're an offensive coach who caters stuff to your quarterback or you're a defensive minded head coach who's smart enough to bring in an offensive mind that will help your co- help your quarterback grow. Think about it this way. Why are you grinning? I'm picturing this in my head, like the ultimate goal of an offensive minded head coach and what they dream of. Right. Because everyone dreams of winning Lombardi, but they, they all see it differently. Right. They see the moment they win it differently. So an offensive-minded head coach sees it being like a completion, you know, down at the goal line, he stretches across the end, he gets it, touchdown, they win. Like, that's how the offensive-minded offensive head coach pictures it in the final moments of the Super Bowl and then hoisting up that Lombardi trophy and looking at his call sheet and circling it and, you know, putting it in a frame and putting it on his wall forever. And the defensive-minded head coach is like, no, no. Big stop. We see it as it's a big stop. It's a sack fumble. It's an interception. It's the you know the stop that they needed to on fourth down or at the goal line. The Rams tight Super Bowl. It's like exactly. Kevin Dyson's just short. Whereas an offensive guy is like, if he'd gotten one more yard, we would have won. <laughs> you know, we would have won the Lombardi. Right. That's that's like a defensive-minded head coach's dream of how they end up winning that Lombardi. So it's just it, when you think about the perspective of the ultimate goal and, and how they envision it happening, like. That's kind of the difference. And so when you think about an offensive mind head coach, who is he looking, who is he standing next to holding that Lombardi? Probably the quarterback. And the defensive mind head coach, he might be, but he's probably up there like by himself with his defense, everyone else like hold it up, hoist it, you know, whatever that case may be. So it's just an entirely different, I think, perspective and mindset that you see from both sides. I also, I mean, I think you can point out that like, you know, I mean, offensive minded head coach, like Pat Shermer, I'm just thinking about the Giants, didn't work. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, look, obviously both sides it, won't necessarily work. Right, right, right. I, I think the general point, though, is most – but think about that. Quarterbacks drive teams in the NFL, and the offensive-minded head coach is more likely to be symbiotic with the quarterback. Yeah, not so much that. I just think an offensive-minded head coach is more willing to let himself get fired as opposed to making a quarterback change. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that works. Whereas a defensive-minded head coach is going to say <laughs> – Nope, get on the bench. I need someone out here who's not going to mess things up, and then we'll try to win a low-scoring, close, tight game. That's, you know, that's like, exactly how Belichick and Brian Flores, who's from the Belichick school, operate. And in fact, you could even argue that Tom Brady, during the first third of his career, before he became Tom Brady with the long, flowing hair and the supermodel wife and the amazing passing records, was a game manager and was the perfect fit for Belichick because he just didn't screw anything up and he didn't make mistakes. And he was clutch as hell. And a man of a model American. Different teams. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on to the next uh, subject here, guys. New season, new media right agreements uh, for the NFL and their broadcast partners. CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, all guaranteed one wild card game during wild card weekend. Uh, CBS, Fox, and NBC rotating that second game, which means there was one more up for grabs, a sixth game for the price tag of $110 million. Yeah. NBC's Peacock was granted the rights to the sixth wild card game. It raised a lot of eyebrows um, because one, you're allowing a playoff game to go to a streamer, and two, not Amazon, who's already your partner. Brady, what do you mm. think? Well, I, I think it's um, it's obviously a play by what Comcast, who I think b- owns um, the rights to uh, Peacock. 
And so you're, you're essentially getting them and everyone to sign up. You should see that jump or that boost for what is a four ninety nine or whatever it is to basically go watch this game. I think you saw that. It would be, it'd be a free trial. Then they're hoping everybody forgets to cancel at 30 days or seven. Pretty days. much. You're, you're, you're automatically billed for the second month. But oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely just spent four ninety nine on Peacock for like the 12th month in a row. I mean, it's, I don't know if you're going to deal with Comcast uh, customer service though. So good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you saw a little bit of a jump like that too for Thursday night football when like, things gotten close. Like after the announcement was made that Amazon had won it, like, I don't know that people were like sprinting to go sign up, but then right before Thursday night football first started, you were going and people were like, Oh, wait a second. I gotta, I gotta get up a prime membership now. Like what the hell? Yeah. And so people started, you saw that jump. And I think that's probably what they're looking for. It's, it's good for promotional and, and marketing purposes as well. I think the secret behind it though, is just getting more people signed up. So you can use it for, you know, your data and analytics when you're looking at generating ad revenue. You know, now you're really getting to know who your customer is, who your consumer is a lot, a lot better. And that's the power of streaming. And there's, it's nothing against the broadcast networks, but you know, if I turn on my TV, there's a limited amount that they necessarily know from that as compared to what they can find out uh, from the agreements that you sign up for on your streaming platforms, where you essentially, when you're like, have you agreed to all the terms? It's like, yes, I have. It's like, well, do you know, we own you now. In, in fact, like your entire family, your house, we own everything. It's like, Oh, I didn't see that in the fine print on page 28. Uh, whoops. But that, that's kind of how this works. So I think you're going to see it. You know, it's going to be more commonplace than not. Uh, Notre Dame fans went through this because oh, that's they, right. they had streamed a, I think it was Notre Dame Toledo. They had streamed exclusively on Peacock. And yes, there are some, I think there was some bandwidth, maybe buffering issues, which is the big concern here is consumption. And then how that, I think the biggest concern should be with the books. All these sports books could be a little bit concerned, especially about live bets. Oh. Yep. If there's any yeah. sort of issues whatsoever with, you know. Well, yeah. well the issue, the, the thing with that is that the, the sports books actually um, usually run faster. The sports books live odds will run almost faster than the NFL stat feed. They basically have like a pipeline for right. that. But your your issue is going to end up being when someone comes up with a claim saying like, hey, dude, I was like. Oh, right, right, yeah, that so, could be. A, yeah. And then you're going to get books saying, you know what, we'll forgive that because we're such, you know. We're, we're such a nice guy. We like we like the press, the public. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll give you this next deal. Look at this. Yeah. Here's a hundred dollars in free bets. We'll boost your third, fourth quarter bets. Like, dude, yeah, you should be doing ads. That's good. You're like, <laughs> boost. Now I'm done. Yeah. Well, no, no, you're not done. In fact, <laughs> no, I'm not done. <laughs> not done. In fact, I'm back. Katie, not, Katie, are you aware of are you are you aware of this commercial? By the way, I mean, like, I'm this not. is okay. So when Brady. Came out of college. He was when I graduated um, and entered the draft. It's yes. probably a better way of saying it. When he, when Brady became a professional, when Brady entered the world of being yes. a professional, I get, I get uh, that which part, we all yeah. do at some point in time, and you just have to grow up and be a professional. And Brady <laughs> did it when he left Notre Dame and when he went to the NFL. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that um, there, there was a case where Brady, let's see, Brady got a Hummer once he got to the NFL. I don't eat those anymore. It was more than one, but um, right. Well, you got several. You got one for your whole family. Hummers? Got Hummers. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But he also got what was the what was the supplement company? EAS was the name of the supplement. Yes. And there's a commercial where Brady's like working out, and he's like, then he like ch ch chugs a shake. Story. All right. I, I tore my I tore my PCL in the bowl game. They asked me to go out to film this thing in LA. And I was like, at that point in time, was not running 100%. They like wanted me to run on this treadmill without anything. It was just like a, a spinning tread on the ground. You just kind of had to jump on and run. I was like, 
I don't, I'm not, I'm not cleared for any of this. Like I'm not going to be working out the combine. I'm, I'm going to have to like push my pro day, like any of this, but I had signed the deal relatively fast after I had uh, obviously graduated and, and, and entered into the draft. It was a Columbus based company, Abbott labs who owned the EAS uh, right there in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, I'd signed on awesome, awesome deal. Uh, but they wanted me to be a part of this. And so we tried to make do as best we could with like the shoot and the commercial world was going to look like. The biggest mistake, though, was at the very end. You know, I grabbed this, what they call an RTD, a ready-to-drink protein shake. I drink it, and then I go, now I'm done. And the <laughs> is, I didn't realize we were going to do, like, 25, 30 takes. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll just drink these. You know, it's a protein shake, you know, kind of getting a workout in. And, and I was about, like, 20 into it. My stomach felt awful at the end of the day, like way too much <laughs> consumption of protein shakes that any human being should ever be a part of. So I, at the very end, I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> it's like almost painful to even say, and they're like, okay, I think we're going to take the second one. I, I think the second <laughs> one is the one that's going to work for this. So, well, and, uh, but notably, sorry, oh, I'm trying to do this. I'm listening to, oh, here you go. But there's a commercial too. But then Jim Rome on, uh, you know, who, our colleague Jim Rome, who's just the best, uh, is, was did his Rome is Burning show on ESPN back in the day. And we do that rundown. I think it was at the beginning of the show. And like this one segment was called Quinn Lose or Draw. Good little uh, captioning there. Yep. And Brady, there was a report. People are trying to slander Brady. The Browns are trying to slander Brady during contract talk, saying that like he was getting the, the calls in, like he couldn't like had to get the calls from the sideline or some nonsense like about the playbook. And so, like, <laughs> and so and Rome got Brady's back on this clip in particular, and he goes, Now I'm done. And like that's like it just like helped like push it viral just because but Brady just at the end, just like now I'm done. And yeah. it's like it's like it was like your Batman moment, honestly. I know, but the last take though, you should have seen like the last two or three. You had to vomit everywhere. Like, no, I'm done. It's like chocolate protein, like chocolate protein shake, like dripping. I was like, like me at a bar at 3 a.m. or something, just like, now I'm done. I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands anymore. We are not done, but we do have to take a quick break. You're watching Pick Six. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Witness one of the world's biggest stars. As a family man. 
Really? <laughs> May 17th. I just jumped into Stallone. <laughs> There's no place like Stallone. It is about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. He's the last person that wanted to do this show yet. You see the camera and he's like, am I in frame? That's the truth. The Family Stallone, streaming May 17th, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Um, that was fun, and I can't wait to watch that, actually, with the sound on a little bit later today. But let's uh, pivot here, talk about Devontae Adams. He did go all pro for the third time, this time without Aaron Rodgers, and he basically said, it proved that I am me. Brady, what do you think? Well, yes. Yes, you are. I'm not sure who else you would be, but yes, I also am me and Will is him and uh, Katie, you're you. So there you go. Um, I, I'm not really, it, the interesting thing is like, he's been a little more outspoken um, since he's joined the Las Vegas Raiders. It didn't seem like he was like that as much in Green Bay. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what you want, what conclusion you want to draw to that. Um, on, on the radio show, I do. LaVar uh, Arrington's been saying he thinks that they were chopping it up maybe in the, in the barbershop or something. And like something was said, and he was like, wait a second. I need to make sure that this is known out there. So he thinks that's where maybe this all started or the origin of this was. Um, it is an interesting timing, though, uh, with a few things that have come out. The first being the fact that, um, look, he he was playing with a quarterback who was about to ready to have five consecutive seasons throwing for over 4,000 yards. Carr would have had 4,000 again last year had he not been benched. He was around 35, 3,600, somewhere there. Specifically for contractual reasons, too. 100%. Contractual reasons and all that. It wasn't like performance or injury or anything. So he would have been a fifth straight season. And and I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm saying that is because you do have to have a capable quarterback, right? This isn't like the chicken and the egg. Like, if you're going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver, you usually need to have a guy who can get you the football has been capable enough. And, and I think maybe there's a little more question this year based on his comments about, him speaking with the front office, right? Dave Ziegler and maybe even Josh McDaniels about some of their moves and saying he doesn't necessarily agree with them, but he's, you know, got to, got to work with them the best he can because your guy, Jimmy G Katie's never thrown for over 4,000 yards. So it might be a little more, well, and he struggled to stay healthy, which I love Jimmy G. Okay. He's one of my favorite human beings in the NFL. Every time I've dealt with him, the dude's, you know, just an smart, easy guy. He's a great guy. So it's, it's more of the fact that he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy as much. And you know, he's been on offenses that maybe haven't necessarily wanted to throw for 4,000 yards, right? Sure. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that Devontae Adams would say these things now. And the comments kind of lead to the fingers pointing to like, okay, maybe he's not a fan of the whole Jimmy Garoppolo signing. Whatever the case may be. Well, he's, he's not still, a fan of Derek Carr leaving, I think. He came there for Derek that, Carr. I think that too, and then probably, which again, that wasn't Derek Carr's you know, choice and decision. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, but, you know, I also think it's frustrating. Like he had stability in Green Bay. I mean, if you look at, for example, his last season in Green Bay versus his most recent season in Las Vegas, um, you know, the, the yards are close, touchdowns he had more. He was targeted more, but he actually ended up having less receptions than he did his final year in Green Bay. He was way more up and down, too. He had some real duds and some real big games, but it wasn't, didn't ever oh, feel consistent. I don't know that that's on him, though. Sure. Right? Like, he's learning a new offense. Derek Carr's learning a new offense. You know, that chemistry is going to take a while to gel, and it's not going to be like what he had with Aaron in his final year in Green Bay. So it's just, it goes to show you, like, there's obviously going to be, things are going to take time. There's going to be some frustration that comes along with that. But he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I don't remember anyone ever doubting whether or not Devontae Adams was on the path to be a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like, I, I, it's kind of odd to me because I'm like, 
Did, it, did someone say this? Did I miss something? Like, why is he saying this now? So Ryan Wilson likes to get mad at me when I suggest that people are Hall of Famers. Um, Wilson is like, <laughs> it's like weird. He's just like a prude about the Hall of Fame for some reason. Like, he's like, I think Andrew Whitworth's a Hall of Famer. I'm like, yeah, pretty, pretty confident Andrew Whitworth. I mean, don't you think Andrew Whitworth's a Hall of Famer? Uh, I think so. I mean, I have to yeah, look. I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I Here's, I here's I who I know is a Hall of Famer. Joe Thomas, baby, because he's going in this fall, and I can't wait for it. Isn't he already in? Yeah, he's already in. That's what I'm saying. He's going in yeah, this fall. Oh, wow. You know he's a Hall of Famer. Congratulations. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, oh you're celebrating your buddy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were like – I thought you were, I knew what you were doing. I was trying to mess with you. Uh, you know who's a – well, like – but I agree. I think Devontae Adams – yeah, I mean, obviously, if he just quit playing football right now, he might not get in the Hall of Fame. If he plays out his career to a similar level that we've seen thus far in expectations, and he's a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Um, I guess it's probably a thing where, you know, it could be where somebody said, like you say, the, you know, the, the barbershop comment, but like somebody at one point was like, wow, third quarterback or you know, fourth quarterback in three years, huh? It's weird, you know, like it just rubbed in the wrong way, whatever it was, and he sort of took it as, Oh, everyone thinks that Aaron is the, or maybe Aaron just getting all the attention. It was bothering him. I don't know. I mean, whatever, whatever the case may be, dude. Nobody thought. I mean, Devontae Adams is a benefit to any quarterback he plays with. I yeah. think he was probably fired up to prove that he could still get it done without Aaron Rodgers, even if nobody was doubting it. He probably just wanted to prove that he could do it on his own. But Brady. What is his motivation for coming out into the press and saying, we don't see eye to eye? I don't see eye to eye with what, you know, the Raiders front office is doing right now. Clearly, there's some kind of motivation. What do you think Devontae wants? I, I don't know. It, it's tough to know, right? I mean, if you're the organization, it's it's nice when you talk to a player or you say, hey, we'd love to get your input on what you think of our offseason moves. And I think we all, we all have people in our lives who they're like, hey, can I get your advice? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Of course. I'd love to help. And then you give them your advice. They do the exact opposite, right? Like that. Oh, it's so annoying. It, well, it is, but at the same time, like when those people are your family members or people that like are friends and you love them, you just kind of come to realize, like, all right, I just need to reaffirm what they really want to do because that's yeah. what they want, right? Like they want they want to talk to someone to say, like, hey, you're doing the right thing. You should do that. Like you're perfect for that, right? Um, and, and so it was nice that Dave Ziegler or whoever said this to him that, like, hey, we'd love to bring you in and get your advice on, on some off season moves, but they, I mean, probably like, when does that ever worked out for never. a franchise? It's never. never, it's usually never worked out unless they just like literally let that player do all of that and just build that roster. So, um, well, yeah, which, which can help when you, Even which, then, Tom Brady brought in Antonio Brown and blew the whole thing up. True. Yeah. True. Well, there was some of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, like, it's like, it's like, it's like every time a family member is like, Hey, I've got a, uh, fantasy draft this weekend or i need to get my nfl picks in it's like what, what do you think about this i'm like da, 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 da. they're like oh I, I can't believe you think that i think the other way i'm gonna do what i think it's like that's great i'm glad you called me and yeah. and we wasted 10 minutes of our time here that's great not, not 10 minutes yeah. of our time 10 minutes of your time yeah. all right yeah. but in my yeah. time clearly uncle mills i'm just kidding uncle, uncle mills doesn't do this but um it's like my time's one and a half Times as valuable as your time, sir. So don't don't do that to me. You're wasting two point time two point five times value. Imagine how valuable Brady's time is. It's like five times the normal human. <laughs> to answer the question, though, I don't really know if there is like motivation behind it. Yeah. There, there, this could be laying the, the foundation, the groundwork for like in the future if things don't go well. Being like, all right, I'm under contract. That number is going to look a lot more reasonable. 
as the salary cap goes up per year uh, with the league being in a healthy spot mm. uh, and potentially maybe the Raiders saying, all right, we want to rebuild. So it almost sets you up for that sort of position too. Cause he is under contact till I believe 2026 and the number seems big now, but it, it and then only will obviously go up over the period of time. But you, once you have them under contract, you can always renegotiate that deal. It seems like to me in the last couple of years that players are more comfortable talking to the media about how disgruntled they are, that they don't agree with things that are happening in the organization. Brady, do you feel like there's been an uptick in that in the last few years? Yeah, because I think people think that it works out for them. Like it, I think you, you think of some of the recent cases and it's it's like teams have been more than willing to say, all right, you don't like it here? Like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll send you off somewhere else or we'll figure out a way of making this work. Um, I, I think, you know, it's it's obviously easier to paddle uh, downstream than it is upstream. And I think a lot of times you look at players who are disgruntled and you feel like, why do we want a bad apple as a part of this team yeah. if they don't want to be here? Uh, and by no means am I saying, like, this is that situation at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say there was probably some players that Josh McDaniels first dealt with when he got to Denver. And, you know, they ended up moving on, going somewhere else over the course of the year plus that, that Josh was in uh, with the Denver Broncos. So maybe there's a, maybe there's a thought there that, again, this could be the foundational work. If, if things don't work out and he doesn't like it there, they can move on. Um, you never know. It's sometimes hard to tell. But uh, I, I think between that and then everyone changing their Twitter bio, like – like uh, that really has any sort of weight whatsoever. God, I hate that more than anything. Like, and everyone does it. Everyone does. They're like, "Oh, watch this." Also, it's like Julio Jones. Like, I deleted all my Instagram pictures of me as a Falcons. It's like, what? <laughs> You're a Hall of Famer as a Falcon. You probably want to keep those. Yeah, like, like, you don't think who's gonna? You think somebody's just the, the Instagram fairy is gonna magically re-upload those for you? Like, you just deleted your whole. You know, it's like delete your profile. Go away. No one cares what you post on your Instagram as if it's some coded message <laughs> from like from the from the millennial Falcon. I uh, see what I did there. Um, yeah. <laughs> like like the, the the this generation of people who send coded messages through Instagram, it's it's pathetic. It's like just say what you say, mean, like mean what you mean, say what you say, and be an adult about it. Like I don't need you. Kyler Murray deletes all the Cardinals references from his Instagram. It's like. You're still under contract. Yes. No yes. one cares if you delete your Instagram pictures, dude. They still exist. Like, God, it drives me nuts. Yeah. How do you really feel? Well, I think well, I, I'm, I'm on a microphone, so I kind of held back a little bit. <laughs> I do think social media gives people, because uh, you know, you have all these yes men that are in, you know, in your ear telling you how great you are every day, and are and are condoning the behavior, and it, it inflates all of the the egos um, of some of these players. And to your point, Brady, it, it rarely ever works out for them. They don't exactly get yeah! what they want. <laughs> we're, ah! okay, we're taking <laughs> a quick break here, watching Pick Six. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Fix 6. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson. And today, Brady is on the show. Make sure you join us all week long to keep up to date with all your NFL offseason news. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. All right, let's talk about the Vikings here. Who is Kirk Cousins' successor? Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that guy's on the roster, maybe. Kirk Cousins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be a could, could be Jaron Hall, you know, their their BYU quarterback they took this year. Probably is not though. You know, they still have um who's it that Spielman took the uh Lamont. Calamon, yeah. It's not there anymore. I believe he might be in Cleveland now. I could be wrong. Right. Just a guess. But um yeah. Nick Mullins on Nick the roster. Mullins. That's right. The, the, Nick the, the, Mullins. The, oh, look how complicated he is. Yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm not good as good as you love your 49ers. By the way, uh, sidebar, because I'm not sure. Yeah, Drake May. Dominic the Blind's probably true. There's probably going to be a good chance that the quarterback is playing in college at some, somewhere at this point. Um, by the way, sidebar, it, Chris McCaffrey said uh, the trade to San Francisco. This might hurt Will, but it's going to make Katie happy. Greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Sure. Now, okay. some would say the fact that he just got engaged to Olivia Cooper recently probably should yeah. be higher on that list. Um, see, but see, that's that's somebody who's I engaged. That's somebody who's either like dating or engaged, but not married and definitely doesn't have kids. Because the second that you get married or the second that you have children, you learn to say when somebody's like, "What did you think about this?" Like, "Wait, Brady, what? what when the Irish won the national championship, yeah. how did it feel?" You you like. Well, I'm almost, a father almost and a as good. Yeah, almost as good as the birth of all my children. Like in your head, you're thinking the greatest day of my entire life by far, by like a substantial margin. But in your, 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 there's a filter between your brain and your mouth that is like, mention your family, mention your family, and you're like. Obviously, as a husband and a father, I can't say it was the greatest day of my life because I have those things that are obviously better. I would never say that. However, if those things weren't here, it would be the greatest day of my life. That's sort of I think he meant professionally, but yes, I, see, I agree with what you're the saying. Filter. That's the that's, that's filter. That's where you that either there's a filter yeah. or you've got you know add-ons, right? That yeah. you need yeah. to be putting a part of that or like disclaimers like. You you create the disclaimer first, then you go to the best thing that's happening professionally. Obviously, right? my engagement to insanely attractive and cool, insanely super world famous yeah. supermodel who makes way more money than I do. Yep, more famous isn't better than being traded in the NFL. I mean, some people would say is living on the edge. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> man. Like, you all of a sudden you make her upset. Next thing you know, there's pretty plenty of suitors. She right? deletes all oh, the please. Christian McCaffrey stuff from her Instagram. Yes, scrubbing. Speaking of um, scrubbing the Instagram, uh, the Vikings also scrubbed Alvin Cook from their uh, banners. What's next for the running? Sounds good joke, right? Like, don't you think this is probably like them firing back for like every player doing this to their Twitter <laughs> bio? Like, th this is like somewhere inside the front office. They're all like laughing and joking around. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's more of a they have. Um, 
they always like i think it's t- i mean i agree with you like i think it's hilarious that the social media teams like we you know we had to i think it's like they don't want to trade dalvin cook and then get burnt because like because he's on the banner maybe you know what i mean right I don't think they're tro- I don't think they're trolling him. I think Dalvin will take it as being trolled, and like right. any NFL player is going to take it. Like if yeah, but now now every other NFL team, every other NFL team will knows that he's on the trade block because he's now not a part of the banner anymore. So like you're showing him your cards. You're basically. I mean, what do you want from? I get, by the way, the Pick 6 podcast should follow the Vikings. I don't know why we don't do that. Um, the, the, love the Vikings. Uh, they're, they're like an average at best social media team. Um, <laughs> I'm just they are. What? They're like an average social media team. Where's the drop? Of the, oh, like where's that drop? I always I mean, they're average at best. Like, were the Vikings blowing you? Do you ever remember talking about the Vikings social media team outside of this removing Dalvin Cook from the header? Maybe they're I mean, so what are we throwing the Tennessee Titans like ahead of everyone else? Titans have vaulted, no, the pa- Panthers are one for me. The Titans have vaulted their way. Dude, the Panthers are objectively hilarious. Who did the anime this year in the draft? The Chargers are Chargers. Chargers, Chargers are unbelievable. Now, they did it last year too. I know, I know, but I'm saying like every year they do that. I'm like, there are so many little digs that you got to pay attention. Oh, it's amazing. Like Derrick Henry's being operated on as a cyborg and they have like Mayo and, and, uh, and you like should. uh and hot dogs or like what else did he eat? He did the hot mayo. Will Levis did the mayo and the what was the uh banana. public health warning? What was the public health warning they put for one of the teams? <laughs> oh um oh god. Didn't they do that for didn't they do MRSA at one point? Like didn't they do a MRSA dig? Maybe I, I can't remember what team they did it for. Did, this did team. you see what they did for the Jets? They put Manish Meta. <laughs> <laughs> like hasn't had a job in the NFL in like two or three years. It's like a, a wanted, like a missing poster in the background. Just an absolutely because un- he like ripped Justin Herbert or something one time. Just a totally unnecessary savage dig and like a, a reporter who's no longer covering the NFL. And you know what? That's how it works. Okay, you guys yappity yappity yap all every player's career and all that. You're not used to getting it right back in your hey, face. So there I, you go. That's the only reason I'm not doing apples, Will. How about them apples? All right. It's actually how about them apples? I believe it's not them apples. That's what I said. How about them apples? You said them. The, said said them. How, about, okay. how about them apples? The point being is the only reason apples? the only reason you I should. do this podcast is for you is to get it thrown back in my face on a weekly basis. Uh, well, you should do a Mount Rushmore of the social media teams because I think that would actually be hilarious. That would be good. I like that idea. I like it. Uh, Panthers, Chargers, Titans, right now, and. Oh, who likes to dunk on people on social media? There's some teams like, I'm like, are they even active on social media at all? I mean, do the the Browns, are they active on, or do they kind of stay away from it? They don't really do, they, it's it's (laughs) hard, when you, the Browns do some stuff, but they're like. I'm sure they get killed if they try to say Yeah, it also depends on like, your, so like the Panthers, and you can, you could have seen this when like Matt Rule got fired. They, you could tell they like, like, like he, he, he had a heavy hand in that stuff. By as, as, as I understand it, like he was in, which by the way, you know, maybe a lesson to be learned there is you don't need to worry about tweets and like articles on Panthers.com and maybe focus on the game plan. But neither here nor there, <laughs> depending on the, depending on who is carrying the most weight in each particular building, um, you can, uh, you, you can have maybe a little more active, a little more leeway, et cetera, et cetera. Depending on the creative uh, mind, et cetera, et cetera. I see, I see, yes. et cetera. There's one, there's one thing in the comments et that I think needs to be highlighted. Dom said, "I follow the Eagles on Twitter, and they're not great." 
Uh, yeah, I follow all yeah. the NFL teams. Is that just to get Billy fired up? Like, what are we doing? Well, because you know what? Yes, because you know what Billy does is anytime there's a positive Eagles thing, and he's highly thrown into the Look at this. Look at this. This is embarrassing. This is okay. You're supposed to be chatting about football, not being an Eagles over there. Um, the uh, Anyways. the Eagles are fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, okay. What's next for Dalvin Cook? Let's get back to that. Where what's what's going on with Dalvin Cook? I don't know. I mean, you make your way to a team where you know you get a, a fair amount of the carries, maybe closer to home, if you will, or maybe a contender. You know, if you find a team for the right price. I mean, that's the hard thing, though. You know, um, who is it? Uh, Skip Pete, who is <clears throat> Zeke Elliott's running back coach in Dallas, he had talked about why da- why Zeke isn't signed yet, and just said, "Look, there's a lot of running backs who they've been paid X so far, and they they feel like they view themselves as a certain type of back still in this league." And unfortunately, the, the league shifted to the point now where there's not many bell cow backs outside of Derrick Henry, and um, not many teams that want to take on that offensive approach. So you got to kind of find your role, and it's it's tough, but it's just the reality of where the NFL goes right now. So. Uh, I feel for running backs. I mean, there's, there's, they're obviously have a huge impact on offensive output and taking pressure off quarterbacks. Uh, and, and, you know, again, someone in his position, who's, you know, pro bowl caliber running back, you know, isn't going to necessarily get the opportunity that I think he's probably looking for, but that's just the nature of the league right now. It goes in ebbs and flows and maybe that changes and maybe, you know, he finds himself in a different team with, you know, a different situation, but uh, I'll be curious to see where he ends up. I mean, Tampa's a team maybe that you'd look at. I'm just trying to think of you know teams off the top of my head. That at least takes him back to his college days, been a little closer to home if he wants that. Yeah. Uh, the other team I thought of, and you'll be like, oh, oh actually, no, this team doesn't apply. I take it back. Um, they signed somebody in the offseason. But the uh, I'm not going to say it because I'll get made fun of. But the point being is that, yeah, <laughs> I think look, you, you look at Dalvin Cook and it's one year – playing the entire season and that was last year in 2022 when he played 17 games only had 264 carries i mean that's a lot of carries but like this is a guy who has been injured plenty in his career that was some of the concern when he was coming out of college um out of florida state and you know he's now going to be 28 in august like how old was he when he came in the league 21 20 he was 22 his rookie year so he's wow. played I mean, he's played six years I feel like he's been in the NFL a lot longer than that. God, I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess he was that same class as McCaffrey and um, and, and Joe Mixon. All, all those guys feel like they've been in the NFL for like a decade. Fournette, for, I mean, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon were all the 17 class, right? Uh, who am I missing oh. for that that draft class? I mean, it's God. It's crazy it. to think just how Kamara? much. Think about that period in the draft and how running backs were kind of viewed and all that. And then to today's NFL and, and what the free agent market looks like, you know, now this year maybe it was a little different considering Bijan Robinson and um, uh, the running back went to Detroit. It's uh, my mind's Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, but like that's usually not a typical year. Well, and it's interesting if you kind of watch the trends about it too. So in twenty um, in twenty sixteen we had Zeke Elliott go uh, fourth overall, and it really catapulted the um, you know the the Cowboys into success. But you, so you kind of look everyone followed suit. Yeah, yeah every, exactly. Everyone followed Cowboys suit the next year. Well, Jacksonville, no, Jacksonville made the Jacksonville made the AFC Championship game with Leonard Fournette his rookie year, but then, you know, they it's like oh you could have drafted Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson instead, and they you know everybody was like yeah, especially when Lenny kind of fell off, and you saw the first running back taken in twenty eighteen. Oh, was Sony was it Sony Michelle? I think so. Ahead of Lamar Jackson, 
And then uh, 2019, we had what? Um, and the point being is, like, you saw a big drop off, and now we've kind of seen it come back a little bit um, this year with Jameer Gibbs and, and B. John Robinson. Although I think, to your point, Brady, that's probably more of a trend related to this draft class than it is uh, overall running back success. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Now I'm done. all right and now we're done this is going to wrap up the show for us today make sure you join us next week at 1 p.m for all of your off-season coverage and like comment subscribe on the youtube page if you're listening to audio only download follow leave a five-star review and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod now we're done Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.